Hello and welcome to SEO SAS. You are joined with myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LikeMind Media. And with me, I have Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Soak.com. We are called SEO SAS because we are your special answering service. What that means is each week we will pick an interesting topic to debate and basically get you the answers. This show is brought to you by Like My Media, also known as Sarah's Second Home. At Like My Media, we help our clients to find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, video, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. Ah, how lovely of them to let us use their equipment. They are super lovely people. <laughs> we like to think so. Even you. Ah. So, Hannah, we've got some quite exciting news, haven't we, this week? Really, really exciting. We ha- we're a big fan of uh, a lady who we have actually invited onto the show today. Yes. Um, and yeah, so without further ado, welcome to Becky Sims, founder and CEO at Reflect Digital, a digital marketing agency. Hi. Hello. Hello. Ha- how are we doing, Becky? Very good. Very excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. We've got some really good questions for you today. So there's been a decent amount of research gone into these. Um, and yeah, and we're really, really excited just to get your views on a lot of things. Yeah, it'd be good to pick your brain and just basically have some good debates and topics, really. Does that, does that all sound good to you? Are you on board? Definitely, I'm on board. I will give you as much as I can today. <laughs> we like the sound of that. Okay, well, so I'm going to start off with some sort of agency and personal questions because we want to get our listeners to get to know you as a person and a bit about what you do and why you do it first things first you are open with your disliking of mushrooms and can I just say me and Hannah both hate these two <laughs> they're just the devil's food aren't they oh my gosh they yes. taste like the soil <laughs> yeah I don't I don't understand them and I just I suppose if you're vegetarian or vegan, they're one of the big options to have, aren't they? So we are both of those things. So yeah, we, we, yeah, we still don't I, like I, them. I couldn't go that route because I don't <laughs> like mushrooms. They're just um, yeah, they're not they're not my friends at no, all. No, what? Why do you think people like mushrooms? <laughs> I don't know because there's there's no redeeming features in my mind. They are they're a bit slimy. The flavour's not very nice. I just um, I mean they're a fungus. Why would you eat fungus? Yeah, <laughs> this is very true. But this does bring up because couldn't you say that cheese is technically what is that? What is that? What am I Mold. thinking? Mold. Yeah, wow. and people like yeah. cheese. So is that not the same argument? No. Oh yeah, no, it's not not the same. <laughs> <laughs> With Becky. So anything else that you want to say on mushrooms, or do you think we've got that first question covered there for you? I think I think we're done. I think <laughs> mushrooms are yeah, they're just let's move they're on. Not, not for any of us. <laughs> Second question, how did you find your way into digital marketing? Okay, cool. So if I roll all the way back, I so I left school after doing my A-levels and I decided I didn't want to go to university. I kind of had enough with education and there was nothing I wanted to study enough to give three or four years of my life to it. But I'd always had this dream that one day I wanted to run a business. So I'd always been inspired. My dad ran an IT security business. So from a very young age, I was his receptionist and I'd go up to his office and uh play office worker and uh, very much would kind of aspire but I didn't really know to be in what it just I wanted to run a business so 
Then went and got myself a load of different jobs and I really did job hop. If you saw my early CV, I did everything from um, working in a mailing house as an account manager, which was kind of, that was kind of on the right track because I was learning about marketing. To then I had a little stint as an estate agent. Um, I think I was just nosy, really nosy. (laughs) Um, That was the only reason I did that. Uh, And yeah, I did a few different jobs and I've just, nothing was kind of settling me enough, but I knew I kind of liked the marketing side of things. And then eventually one day I'd been working at a car dealership and I ended up finding this job role in an agency that specialized in working with car dealers. Okay. And they were, at the time, they were a team of about 16, 17. Uh, as a business now, they're over 200, maybe 300 people. So they've grown massively and that's probably in about 12 years. Um, but I was kind of their first customer service person. So I'd landed this role in an agency and I don't think they quite knew what my job role was and, and neither did I. It was kind of a case of, well, let's find this out together and work out how this works and ended up building um, an account support team and then an account management team. And again, from my nosiness, um, I just started to learn about all bits of digital. And and this would have been, I don't know, it must have been about 2007, 2006, 2007. So quite early days, but I started joining all the dots and learning about SEO and PPC and websites. and, And I just loved it. And from there, kind of just cut my teeth in that role and went through the ranks, built a team, learned how to kind of manage people. I mean, at the start of this, I had no idea it was going to go to that. Then I left there and went to one other agency and did um, probably 18 months. And that was more full service, which I kind of felt like I needed to do. I needed to just make sure I understood the whole picture. And then eventually one day, I remember sitting around the dining table at my parents' house. And I kind of said to my parents, I really just want to give this a go. I reckon I can do it. And my dad said well just do it then I'll, I'll give you some money why don't you quit your job and Aww. and it was kind of on that kind of a whim that um that I did I think within a week I'd probably handed my notice in and didn't really know where I was going to start but but I kind of had a, I had three thousand pound as my dad's initial investment wow and so um, and so was that in 2011 then Yes, yeah. So early part of 2011, quit the job and and then Reflect Digital was born. Awesome. So when, I mean, this might be a bit of a hard question to answer, but um, when did you realise this is definitely going to work or did you sort of always really know? I think I always knew that I had the drive to make something work. And I guess I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge planner when it comes to something that I can't um, properly forecast. So I love a digital marketing plan where you've kind of, there's a bit of thought behind it, but I really struggled with this idea of a business plan because I was a bit like, well, I don't know. You're making, you're making Hannah very nervous right now. Hannah loves a plan. (laughs) have a plan as well but a business plan at that point I was like well how can I know in six months time how many customers I've all of one because I don't even know how I'm going to win my first one at this point (laughs) so so I kind of I knew I had the confidence and the drive but I didn't really know what it would turn into so day one reflect digital was me and then I'd found some amazing freelancers so I had Paul who's now my business partner and my husband and who was the SEO side of things I I want to delve into that a bit more (laughs) I won't come back to that. Um, <laughs> and then Wayne, who's our head of design, and he's still our head of design. He was kind of my freelance designer on day one. That's amazing. Uh, these people around me because actually I suppose that's the interesting part I was always strategy and client side of management I wasn't the delivery person so actually it's probably quite dangerous as well starting an agency because I 
I wasn't the one to deliver other than strategy. I needed people. So yeah, it started to build that team up. So it sort of it sounds there that there's like three key themes then that you need and what you help what's helped you in your journey is having the passion, having the drive and being nosy. And I love that because you if you ask my girlfriend or my friends or my my family one thing they would call me nosy I can't help myself but I do think nosiness is a really good quality to have especially with digital definitely (laughs) and I for me it was so when I was first in that kind of customer service role I'd a client would have a a, an issue and I'd go and ask a developer about it and they'd be like I'll just tell them this and I'd be like oh no but I don't really understand that okay you want to know why and then it was that kind of and I think that's what you need to be working in digital you want to uncover it more and actually the client might not need that fully uncovered version and they probably don't but I felt I needed the confidence that if I wanted to ask more that I really understood what I was telling them and I wasn't just fobbing them off or or whatever so um so yeah that that nosiness I love it (laughs) so would you say running an agency is how you expected it to be or and also how has it changed over the years so obviously looking back 2011 to now it must be very very different definitely I think one of my favorite things that's changed over the years is the openness of agency leaders to collaborate and to help each other and I'm really active I'm active in a couple of different groups in particular agency collective which um, anyone that runs an agency you need to check out agency collective and tell them I told you to join (laughs) it's just a group of like 400 agency owners where we all just love helping each other and I think that that's been a change and I don't think it's necessarily across all businesses but definitely in the agency sphere I think everyone's woken up to the fact that there's enough work out there for everybody and it doesn't matter if you're talking with your competitors it's actually better that we all help each other and we collaborate and we learn through doing that to make us all better rather than just trying to kind of keep this closely guarded secret which actually isn't really a secret because we're all doing very similar Mm. stuff anyway so that's been one of the biggest changes was it what I expected (laughs) um I think I was probably naive, as I think many business owners probably are, even if you've gone and done a business degree and you think you really understand running business, a business, until you actually do it, you don't really realize the kind of the pace of mm. what happens and the pace of, well, sometimes the the lack of pace of trying to get decisions out of people, but then suddenly the, the curveballs you get with team members needing support on things that you oh, haven't yeah. considered and it's all those things that actually are so important to me that and making sure I get those right and I help support my team but they're things that you can't even prepare for and you don't know that are coming um but you just kind of you have to learn as Mm. you go and surround yourself with the right people that can help you um to know what to do about those things so whether that's that you need a bit of legal advice or HR advice or all these different things that um yeah you just quite naively don't necessarily think about until they start to start to come at you I think you've uh, made a really good point there and I think about sort of the experience side of things so obviously there's own theory can only help you so much can't it and so you can obviously and you can relate that to lots of things so when you're doing SEO or where you're doing digital marketing or you're doing social media there's yes you can read you can read best practices how how you do stuff but it's not until you have the experience you test what works and what doesn't and you might even find that that what people have said works doesn't necessarily work for you or your business so as much as you do need the theory you definitely do need that experience don't you and you need to learn and you need to you need to be okay at failing as well because and that's when you learn as well so yeah I think that's a very very um good point 
Yeah, and it's true of anything in life, isn't it, really? And it's just being really open to that. And I think actually over the years, I've learned to open my mind even more to that and realise that I can't be expected to know it all. And it's okay as much as it's, and I've always had the mantra that it's fine to say to a client, do you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but I've got this amazing team back there and someone will, so I'm going to come back to you on it. But actually, I think I sometimes found it difficult to be, oh, I'm the CEO of this business and a staff member asked me something and to say, oh, don't know like because actually you feel like they expect you to know everything but actually you can't know everything and you've got to have advisors around you and it's exactly the same as when you're in a client situation and you don't know all the answers so it's um yeah surrounding yourself with the right people is so so important um and knowing that you you can call on them to to give you the right advice so can you tell us a bit more about so we we obviously did our research and we found a sky news interview about you trying out a four-day working week now I'm really hoping my boss is listening right now because maybe you could like persuade him to do this but yeah um was this just a test or is it now part of part of your business and what you do and how did you find it so this is this is living and breathing and happening now uh, we started it last October and we did kind of put it as a test to the end of the year in case it hadn't worked but it worked amazingly from a profit point of view profits are up productivity is up the team get more work done than they have ever done before it's amazing so i will happily talk to your boss if your (laughs) boss would like me to run through anything um but yeah we basically so we all still do the same hours that we used to do we just work slightly longer days um the whole point of it is we get a three-day weekend so the only days people can have off is monday or friday so we're fully operational five days a week so there's always team members in every single team five days a week so our clients cover they need and then we just split the teams um roughly down the middle although i definitely would say friday's a quieter day than a monday just purely because in business in general friday's a little bit quieter and And it's really amazing and i suppose because there's some times where um because i wouldn't mind just doing like a couple more hours in my day because sometimes you get you get on a roll with a project don't you or you get in a bit of momentum with something so sometimes that would work out to to your advantage wouldn't it Exactly. And I think that's the thing. So we let the team, um, they can start anywhere between seven and nine. And then that means they finish anywhere between quarter past five and quarter past seven in the evening. Most people are earlier in the day between seven and eight. I think the 7am'ers, they get so much work done by 9am where they can really get their heads down. There's less people in the office, the phone's not ringing, the emails aren't going. And and I think it's those types of things that have really affected productivity and, and also the drive to know if I work really hard for four days, I've got three days off and three days just feels so much longer than two days. I mean, I know it's 50% more, but it it kind of feels even more than that. It's that bank holiday feeling every week. Yeah, I I love it. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to pivot with the questions now and um, I want to ask you some bits and bobs about digital marketing. Perfect. So first things first, you guys offer a wide variety of digital marketing services. Might again might be a bit of a hard one to answer, but what is your favorite area of digital marketing right now? Why and how has it changed? So I feel like I might cop out on this one ever so slightly in that <laughs> I think I think all areas of digital are so exciting right now, but the bit that underpins everything that I think still um lots of brands are not getting right, lots of agencies are not getting right potentially, is understanding that audience properly and really understanding how they think what motivates them and how the different 
channels then apply to that and what's going to be right and how we're going to get that right message through to them and how we're going to help affect their behavior and get them to engage in the way that we want them to engage. So we're doing a lot of work at the moment and I'm sure we'll come on to the Brightness SEO talk in September, but we're doing a lot of work with um, a team of psychologists and really starting to understand human behavior better. And that for me is the most exciting part, which isn't, I guess, traditionally digital but it underpins all of digital okay when you're advising clients on strategy what usually makes up the most important ingredients for us it's that real deep understanding of their business um, and making sure that we've got that really clear and really well communicated within the team that we're going to put on their account in our business so really understanding what's going to turn the dial what's going to make a difference and how are we going to know that what we're doing isn't just driving traffic but it's driving change and it's driving impact okay. so I think that early part that discovery that real deep understanding deep understanding as well of what they've done before and what's what what in their minds has worked or not worked and then trying to drill into that so I think that history piece that discovery piece at the start before we even start to make changes or even make recommendations is is really key to before we get going on anything because if we don't really understand what's happened before or what's going to make a difference then how can we start to start to put a strategy in place for going forward that's a really awesome way of putting it yeah, really, really good. Um, so what have been the most significant changes to how you do digital marketing at Reflect in recent years? I'd say being less hung up on uh, like the algorithm and thinking like from a search point of view or less hung up on all of that and trying to be more about the the user and interesting. Business. I'm really trying to focus on um, how that's going to make a difference because I think you can get a bit we've seen it and we see it so many times actually and we'll go in and we'll go to pitch to clients and we'll ask them like why are you changing agencies what's the problem and they kind of say well our agency is driving traffic but they're not driving results and I think the piece that then is being missed is that real understanding so Mm. I think that's how we've changed because I think we probably maybe were guilty of that a few years ago of well here's your marketing report and looks traffic's up and leads are up so so that's great news isn't it and great we'll see you next month when actually hold on a minute what was that traffic and what were those leads and did they actually turn into anything and I think that's what we need to start to be more responsible as an industry for because I think this is so easy to to give ourselves a bad name by just being really excited that we drove traffic no one cares about traffic unless it's making a difference yeah it needs to what is the return of investment like um is it making money or is it making like yeah that's a really 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 good point so I'm going to pass some questions on to Hannah because I know she's really keen on delving into SEO so yes I'm very lucky to have the SEO questions (laughs) so I I we did an arm wrestle for this (laughs) and I obviously lost (laughs) only just only just I'm so hench shush I want to talk about SEO sorry (laughs) I am really keen to hear about what your SEO talk is going to be about at Brighton SEO in September so we we obviously came to see you at the last talk and this one as you said is about search and human psychology so can you give us a really sort of sneaky peek into what it's going to be about 
Definitely. Well, this is the first time I've talked to anyone about <gasps> it other than my team. So this is really exciting. Although I'm not going to give too much away because we uh, we want to get people in the room and we want to get votes, actually. We want to get on the main stage for this if we can because it cool. um, is going to be really exciting. So anyone listening that's going to get a chance to vote, make sure you're, you're putting us forward. So, um, yeah, we're basically, we're doing some experiments over the summer. And the idea is to really try and understand more about humans and how we search to try and look at what really is the future of SEO because we especially when you're at somewhere like Brighton SEO 99% of people in the room if not all of them already know how to do SEO we're not there to tell you this is what you need to be doing this is how to do keyword research etc yes there's all different innovations on how to do that type of thing but I think what we want to deliver from this talk is how can we start to think a bit differently and how can we get to the next level and how can we um, how can we really understand our users in a way that maybe we haven't thought about before and how can we also make sure that we're being responsible once we've got the traffic there so thinking about the search intent and then how do we get them to convert when they're on the page so it's definitely it's gonna it's gonna go a bit wider than seo as a conversation but it's definitely gonna have a focus on seo so it's gonna be very interesting and uh yeah we're currently so we have experiments running and um, so i don't even know the results of them yet so who knows exactly how the talk's gonna end up oh, how yeah. exciting that sounds absolutely amazing i will definitely be there we'll be on the front row <laughs> don't worry my cheer squad I hope uh, yes everything we've already got we'll we'll have t-shirts with your with your face on if if you want love you it, know love it. <laughs> um and so at the last Brighton SEO you did a really cool talk about the wonders of gamification since then have you had anybody sort of come to you and be like Becky please help me out with this it sounds awesome yeah we have we're doing some really cool um campaigns at the moment so we just um we did a couple of games well we i think we did five in total in the end for betfair uh so we did one for arsenal football club uh we did one for barcelona and a couple of others so so that was really cool they were um similar to our kind of find 50 i think they were find 30s maybe and they were all based around players that had played for those clubs they were interesting because they weren't really from an seo angle they were very much around social engagement as yeah. a campaign but we've got some um, we've got one launching for an airport very soon and for a train provider which um which that one's going to be really interesting because that's very much around how can we change the narrative how can we i think people always um you probably as i said train provider in your head had a little groan of thinking oh they're always <laughs> late or whatever so it's how can we create something that's a fun piece of content that allows them to engage with their audience in a in a way that's probably not been done before or definitely not done very often awesome that sounds great yeah, exciting. Yeah, it, to be honest, gamification all sounds really exciting. If you want a test, uh, testers, we, we'd happily test some of those. <laughs> they sound awesome. Oh, I will definitely, I will send them your way. <laughs> Thank you. So gamification within link building, I mean, I think you're probably, as far as I'm concerned, the leader on this at the minute. Do you have a favourite, a favourite example? I'd say actually probably the first game that we um that we ever did i just i love that the results we got were just um mind-blowing and weren't at all what we expected well we didn't really know what to expect but we launched this as ourselves off of the back of the fact that 
we wanted to test this out. And bearing in mind that as an agency, obviously in the agency world, people might know who we are, but we're very unknown on grand scale of um, grand scheme of things. Mm. And from a football point of view, and this was a football-based game, we're definitely not known. That's not our thing at all. Um, so we created this Find 50 and the just the results from it were insane. I mean, we ended up with over 100 links. Wow. It was over 170 countries we had in the first two months over 100,000 people play it which was just it was insane um and just the community effect it created and that's where this kind of this idea came out of our design team talking with our seo team as a link building idea but it but it goes so much further than link building because it it just does create this community effect and it's that ability for a brand to have um, a moment with a user that's not anything to do with sales it's just about this kind of shared fun experience of we know our users and we know the kind of things that you like and you're going to love playing this game we made for you and yeah again that kind of comes back into a bit of the human psychology stuff of trying to trying to build relationships i think we're all in a world now where we get to see so much behind the scenes content of brands we mm. feel like they owe us something a bit more and we know them more than we thought we did before and um socials kind of let us break down those barriers so i think the more brands can do to to let that happen and to encourage that the better awesome yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and it sounds like you've got a really nice joined up approach going on between design and seo which you don't always see um, no, so that's no, really and it's, um it, it definitely was something that was that we wanted to make happen as well because it is hard sometimes and you do get silos in agencies so trying to break those barriers down and get people talking and thinking um towards the same goal is so important yeah completely agree so you mentioned mind-blowing results and obviously you you, that that is definitely a really good example of mind-blowing results how do you tend to measure those kind of things and and how do you sort of measure seo in a way that makes sense to your clients so that for us goes back to that initial discovery where we start to really understand what's going to make the difference in their business. And then it's a case of how can we look at measures that marry up with what they're looking at from a board point of view so that we can speak their speak, um, if that makes sense. So we try and make sure that, yes, we'll still have the marketing stats and the and the jargon that the marketing team will understand. But we want to make sure when we have a report that goes across, there's at least a couple of pages in there that can go to board level and they will understand what we're talking about and it's a language that matches their um, drivers as a business because if we're not matching up to that it's so easy for them to then go oh SEO we don't need that if we need to (laughs) cut budget we'll cut that because we don't really understand it so for us we have to make sure we find a way that we're matching up to the business drivers. Cool and when you're talking about um, so a lot of people don't understand SEO and I think that's the same whether it's in-house or in an agency um, I'm sure you'll agree what do you think the most important thing to get a client to to understand about is so if you you could only sort of get them to understand maybe one or two things what do you think is most important we tend to start all of our seo campaigns by running a training course so we'll take them back to basics and try and get them to understand i think understanding why the content makes um why the content is so important and why having content a real content strategy and making sure that we've got the right kind of targeted content and that we're not we're not old school because i think lots of people still if they're not okay with seo and they're not doing seo day to day but they know something about it a lot of them might still have the mindset that goes back to always isn't that just stuffing loads of keywords in a page so <laughs> yeah. we, first of all, we need to get them away 
from that, but then we also need to understand the importance of having this kind of content strategy where we're going to build out lots of different content pieces, yeah. but that they all make sense to each other and to the user journey and that we're not we're not just purely doing it for SEO, we're actually doing it because it's answering what users are searching for and that then that's going to be a really useful piece of content that's going to fall into the funnel somehow and we're going to make sure that at the end of it we've got a goal that we're trying to get the user to. Awesome. I absolutely love that. I wish I could have written that all down because I'd love to just quote <laughs> that. you're recording it though. Oh, that's hopefully. a good point. Listen yeah. to the podcast after, Hannah. <laughs> um, so talking about sort of content strategy then, would you say, if, say for example, if you could only change one thing on a website to make a difference, or, would you would you maybe go for content? I do love this question. Yeah. And do you know what? I, I think it would have to be content. Obviously, it comes down to every single website and doing a bit of an analysis first. But I do think content is your biggest wins getting that right and not only right for SEO so we're going to be getting the better rankings but also right for the user so that even if we're already getting traffic there sometimes it's the content that then is stopping them going on to to inquire or to buy so actually getting the content right to help that journey and get them to to purchase or, or get in contact yeah that makes a lot of sense so, so when you're starting with analysis then, so do you have sort of a list of your favorite tools that you would use? So Authoritas is one of my favorites, um, partly because the team there are absolutely awesome. So Lawrence that heads up Authoritas used to be Analytics SEO. We've been working together since literally probably 2011, if not 2012, maybe. Okay. Uh, so they were the first kind of software piece that at the point that we had enough SEO clients that we could um, afford to have a proper SEO system in place. They were they were the guys that we picked, and their their ethos and everything that they do there is brilliant, and their willingness to listen to clients and ideas and um, their kind of vision for the platform is brilliant. And it's something that you don't always get with some of the bigger platforms where maybe you don't have a named contact or, or yeah. especially contact with the with the owner. So we love Authoritas for that reason, and the um, and the the data side of it is brilliant. I think also Screaming Frog is definitely a big favorite in our team um especially with the more techie seos which which (laughs) i am not a techie seo so we won't go into that um but i know the team love it we're we're big fans of screaming frog yeah i've never met someone that's not that's in seo really yeah if it's you don't just, use it, it just it's just a must have really. yeah and even like because they give so so much way on their free version as well like they're just they're just awesome yes definitely um so i'm, I'm gonna ask you one more question if that's okay because i realize that obviously i'm asking quite a few seo ones um <laughs> is there anything that you think seos don't actually focus on that much which they should do or or maybe the other way around where they focus far too much can i just get my notepad out before you start answering <laughs> this one <laughs> You yeah, are we all good with the notepad? <laughs> yes, I've got I'm I'm ready, poised yes. with the pen. Good. I would say um it's thinking about that conversion piece once people once the users arrived on the site. And I think I've met SEOs that, that are so amazing at driving contact contact and driving um users, but they forget that the next bit has to happen. And yes, there's other people in the team and we'll have UXs and designers that can help with that. But actually when an SEO takes responsibility for that as well and thinking about in the content that they're creating, it just supercharges things because we need to we need to have understood that intent of the user when they're searching. Then the content that they're going to read on the page, which is the content that has allowed us to rank for that yeah. term. And then how are we going to get them 
funneled through? What are they going to do next? What was what part of the journey were they in based on what they searched for? And how do we how do we move them along? And I think that's that's where it starts to get really exciting. And I guess that's some of the stuff that I'll be talking about in September at Brighton SEO, so that we can start to help more people think like that and uh, and do even better results from their SEO. It sounds again a really nice example of how you've got such a really cool joined up approach there. So. Hannah's always going on. I don't know if you've listened to other episodes, but Hannah's all about a joined up approach. I am, like because getting everything SEOs are together. Often silos, and then they sit in the silo, and they, often they've got more to offer. And it's so true, so so true. And I think it's so important because uh, it's some of the stuff that we do from SEO campaigns can have so much effect in other ways, and and things like ideas like gamification and other cool things that um, SEOs do from a link building point of view, and these amazing content campaigns. I think sometimes they don't then get the um, the airtime across the business that they should. Of oh, we could use this somewhere else, or we should be yeah. talking about this here. And and uh, yeah, I'm so agreed. Joining up SEO and actually trying almost not to be an SEO department but just being marketing yeah everything should work what did I say in our last episode like an oily SEO machine I don't know (laughs) if that makes you like I don't know cringe a little bit but yeah (laughs) everything needs to like sing from the same sing from the same hymn street is that a saying (laughs) thank you that no I absolutely love that I'm grinning actually from your answers so that's that's fab awesome okay thank you very much for sharing yeah like your answers have been very insightful and our listeners will definitely have got a lot I know that I have and yes thank you very much now it is time for this week's feature so I did warn you didn't didn't I Becky that every (laughs) every episode we do a little quiz a little silly thing because that's just us we like to be silly from (laughs) from time to time or Sarah mainly (laughs) yeah I'm the fourth no idea what's coming so (laughs) I'm nervous right now I'm sweating a little bit well I'm hope I'm hoping you're sat on the edge of your seat (laughs) there's been such a big build-up now it's just gonna like yeah it's not gonna yeah but anyway I'm just I'm just gonna go Go for for it. it so this week's feature, seeing as we talked about gamification, I thought it'd be fun to quiz you on video games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, it can't, can't go wrong because I've given you some, like, you've just got to pick an answer, really. Okay. So you've got, you've got a good chance. You've got a good chance. So yeah, how, how, what, how would you say your knowledge is on this topic? Oh, I don't know if it's video games that I would have been playing when I was like 14 then maybe if it's recent stuff or yeah. <laughs> well no I did do retro oh, so you know but but, but you but know, I still don't know. <laughs> Let, let's see okay so first question who released the first home video game console in 1972 was it Magnavox Atari or RCA oh I'm going to go RCA. Okay. Second question. What feature or features was famously lacking in the game Odyssey? Was it sound, colour or both? Ooh. Oh, sound? Okay. Not giving anything away at this prior I moment know, in time? I'm so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing fine you're doing fine what 1972 atari game rushed a host of home console clones was it pong frogger or pac-man 
Oh. Oh, I'm going to go Pac-Man, but I don't know. I mean, Pac-Man was a good game. It was a good game. I mean, was. You can still play Pac-Man, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which Atari game did Steve Jobs and Steve was... Wozniak. Thank you. I struggle with words sometimes, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> have um, Yes. What Atari game did they have a hand in creating? Was it Breakout, Pitfall or Pac-Man? Oh, see, I've only heard of Pac-Man. So, but I've already done Pac-Man, but was it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, stressful. You see, I definitely don't know these best triggers. Um, I'm going to go for the first one. Breakout. Breakout, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 1982 Atari game do many video gamers say is the worst in the history? Wow. E.T., tennis or Pong? Oh, E.T., can I just say, that film gave me many nightmares. Yes, yeah, <laughs> scary film. That and Gremlins. <laughs> but anyway, that's another podcast. Which company produced the game and watch a portable gaming system that was widely popular in the 80s? Was it N- Nintendo, Sega or Colco? Oh, I'm going to go Sega. Okie dokie. Right, let me just count up your scores. Oh, you've got you've, you're 50%. Oh, so you got right. So I'll go through answers. Who released the first home video game console in 1972? You said RCA, it was indeed Magnavox. Okay, never heard of them. I wouldn't before. have had a clue at <laughs> all. Yeah. What features? were famously lacking in odyssey feature or features it was sound which you got correct oh good good what 1972 atari game wished a host of home console clones pong frogger or pac-man you said pac-man it was indeed pong okay Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's Hannah's face is a bit um confused. Yeah. Amused. <laughs> Which Atari game did Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak have a hand in creating? You were right to go with your gut and say the first one of Breakout. That was Lovely. the right one. Never heard of it, but I'll take the glory. <laughs> You're gonna be researching that on Google, aren't you? What 1982 Atari game do many video gamers say is the worst in history? You got that right with E.T. And then the last one, which company produced the Game & Watch, a portable gaming system that was widely popular in the 80s? I'm sad to say that you said Sega and the right one was Nintendo. Uh, I was between the two. (laughs) Well, you got 50%. So, I mean, let's go over to the adjudicator. Does that mean Becky has to do a forfeit yes or no i think um we should do a verbal case of rock paper scissors so after i say three you both have to either shout rock paper or scissors how about that okay Okay. i've never done a verbal rock paper scissors hang on so if i win becky does a forfeit and if becky wins you do how 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 do you fare at this game becky Oh, I've never done it verbally before. I haven't played it in a long while, actually. So on three, we're so you go one, two, three, and then we say yes. Okay. You know, I've got control here, so I could just mute her. <laughs> not that, I, not that I would. Not oh, that I. Sure. I play fair. I play fair. Oh, I'll block her. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay, are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Scissors. Paper. Ah, oh, she got me. I win. <laughs> right. 
You're forfeit, Becky. Yeah. Please don't hate me. <laughs> you have to do an, an impersonation of a game character of your choice. Oh, wow. Oh, I've now gone like blank. Do you want me to do an impression as well? Would that help? Hannah loves impressions. I do really like impressions. I'm terrible. Do you know, I was talking about impressions today. Oh, we were talking about accents and I'm terrible at accents. <gasps> yes, I'm, oh, I'm, trying to think of, um, I'm trying to think of someone and what they you do. You could do a Pac-Man. More... Pac-Man's quite good. It's quite chompy. Yeah. Well, there's Mario. Mario, yeah. What does, what does he say? I don't know. No, because now you're going to make me do it. Hannah's just like indicated that I do it, but then that's just to get me to do the impersonation. <laughs> How would you oh. do Pac-Man? <laughs> don't know if you heard that. I did, and that was wonderful. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I can make that noise. That was a really good version. <laughs> I practiced. <laughs> well, you could do the classic, hey, it's me, it's Mario. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't do accents though. This is going to be terrible. And this is on record. <laughs> hey, it's me. It's Mario. Hey. It's terrible. <laughs> oh dear. Well, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> well, accents is over. <laughs> if it will make you feel better, Sarah's got a really awful Scottish accent that she can do. Scotland. Oh, <laughs> do it again. Oh, sorry. Scotland. Very nice. No, I can't do accents in the slightest bit. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being our guest today, Becky. We've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. And we shall see you at Brighton SEO. I look forward to it. I hope you enjoy and do give me some feedback afterwards. I will do. And we'll be there with those T-shirts with your face on. Don't worry. (laughs) I cannot wait. I'll send you the graphics so you can get them made. Thanks, Becky. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of SEO SES. Quickly to finish off, if you do want to get in touch with either myself or Hannah, you can find us on Twitter, SEO underscore SES. We're both on LinkedIn. And Becky. And Becky as well. So find her. Yeah. So Becky Sims, Hannah Bryce, Sarah McDowell. I'm also on Twitter, Sarah McDuck. Give us a review on iTunes if you're feeling fest- festive why festive, festive? <laughs> festive I don't and know. generous but yes thank you very much for joining us bye <laughs>